You're listening to Here is the News, brought to you by Spotify. And now, live from 2095, here's Jet Bexer. Good morning, folks. Welcome to another edition of Here is the News. And yes, my voice sounds quite froggy this morning. That's what it happens when you, you talk to like a billion old people over the weekend. And I say old very affectionately because they're very nice people. And Izzy and I had a great time down there in 2023. She was glad to have her old man back. This is Jet Bexer and welcome to Here is the News. This is episode 12. And yeah, the, the CEO and his daughter Izzy were there in Georgetown over the weekend having a good old time with the folks at Sun City. Yes, it's a Dell Web community, and as far as we know, in 2023, there are still just two Sun Cities in the United States. One in, uh, the computer is breathing right now. One is called Sun City, Arizona, the Dell Web community out there near Phoenix. And of course, the one here in Texas at Georgetown. And uh, that community has grown so much. Our CEO was astounded to learn that 15,000 people live at Sun City. And, of course, you know, it's for the retirees. And instead of one golf course, they have three. And uh, very nice setup. Uh, very, very friendly. It reminded the CEO of the town in, town of Cleburne. Everyone is so friendly. But um, the setup here at Sun City was much nicer. Weather was perfect, you know, in the 70s. Uh, very little wind. Uh, they had a setup of a lane of vendors out front on the driveway leading up to a very big visitor center, which is like an activity center for uh, Sun City. And, you know, they have a little library in there and uh, even a ballroom with a stage, you know, to put on plays and whatnot, <laughs> concerts. And uh, you keep going through the building. You know, the ballroom is full of vendors, including... Regionally renowned and, and best-selling author Kathleen Shields, she was there selling her children's books. She had a new book also, hardcover. Check out her work on Facebook, folks, or online. Kathleen Shields, S-H-I-E-L-D-S. And she does uh, many different children's books, and that's all she does. Oh, she does write novels for young adults. And uh, even has a new novel out and a new children's book. So she's raring to go for 2024 and, and, of course, for the holidays, which is a big time of year for independent authors. So how did our CEO do? Not too bad. Not too bad. It was a two-day festival, and that's the reason my voice uh, is so hoarse. You know, Pollux didn't get to make too many public appearances. You know, an android rolling around Sun City would just look weird. You know, the, the people in Sun City are retired. They're, they, they deserve their rest and relaxation. And having an android rock around, walking around just wouldn't jive. <laughs> but a lot of interesting things. And, and there it goes, a weird sound. I'm not going to talk about that one. They have a woodworking group. The men have a like a wood shop there on, you know, it's like a campus. But, you know, it, it's a community. You know, two non-denominational chapels on either end of the, the property. Several miles Sun City is out in the middle of the country. Beautiful location. 
at Georgetown. And uh, the, the men uh, have this woodworking shop and make this incredible wood products that they sold there inside the building as you walk in. And uh, we found some nice little slots for dominoes. And I said, you know, I, I want to buy six of these things. And this is the CEO talking. Bexer just can't keep his eyes open. We sent him back to Satellite 2. We're, we're doing this live from the comfy confines of Studio 1A Cedar Park, right here in the closet, you know, with the picture of SeaWorld, the laminated map of Lahaina, and our on-air sign is bright and beautiful this morning on this November 7th. A shout-out to my sister-in-law, Megan. Happy birthday, Megan, out in Jacksonville, Florida. And never mind how old she is, we're just going to say 29 and holding. Happy birthday, several birthdays in November. We'll get to those in due course. Well, what's going on this weekend? We haven't finished talking about Georgetown, but yeah, I sold 17 novels, met a lot of great people, and lost my voice. And Izzy, oh man, she did well. She made 12 loaves of sweetbread. You know, she made all different kinds of, of uh, varieties, blueberry, banana, Pumpkin chocolate, pumpkin with walnut, and she made 12, you know, baker's dozen. I'm sure there was a 13 somewhere, but she brought 12 and sold them all on the first day and sold all kinds of her charm jewelry, the adult kind and the, and the kid kind, you know, with the gummies and the wine bottle. She sold a little bit of everything, and she did fantastic. So I'm very proud of her. She had a great weekend and uh, saving up money for that that helmet. Oh, she's going to get that helmet soon enough. The iFly helmet that only comes from down under Australia. So her dream, her Christmas dream present is almost a reality. The only thing left to do now is choose a color and face shield and all that good stuff. It's a custom helmet for the indoor skydiving. Anybody tried that? It's a big tunnel. You know, an elevated building, you know, a good three or four stories. I can't even talk. Let's get some water before we start talking about my favorite subject, which is iFly. Yeah. Izzy has been into iFly, which is indoor skydiving, and it has become a phenomenon around the world. They do competitions. You know, you can get in these tunnels where you're, you know, simulating skydiving from a plane, and you're literally floating in that tube. And I've watched her do it several times now. She does it two minutes, three minutes at a time. And she says, this is my happy place. This is where I like to be. I can even close my eyes. They, they even do training. You know, she's doing and going through training right now to be a like a stunt or a performing uh, skydiver, you know, where they do all kinds of fancy moves in these big wide tubes. You know, they're several stories high. And uh, we've watched experts do this, people who have done it for years. Uh, she watches videos online on YouTube all the time at these competitions. And when we were in Colorado, in Colorado Springs, uh, I took her to the iFly there specifically just so she could see it. Because that is one of the places where they do the national championships. And this year it's going to be at Virginia Beach. Uh, last year, it was there in Colorado Springs. And the one in Colorado Springs has a bar. 
<laughs> for the adults and it even has stadium seating it's like these wooden platform seating but it's definitely elevated like a stadium you know three or four rows up and you get a bird's eye view of this tunnel and the competitions are probably interesting to watch these professionals do their thing in this in this big tunnel this you know a, a vertical wind tunnel and they basically dance in the in air and flight to music there are solos and then there are teams you know duos uh foursomes to get four of them in there at a time and maybe five dancing around with you know in in sync it's like synchronized swimming kind of kind of the best way to describe it in the olympics and they're even trying to get i fly into the olympics and uh, it will be an event just trust me the olympics will have an i fly you know, they'll build one specifically for whatever venue, whatever country is hosting the Olympics. And I bet you, maybe not in 2024, but maybe by 28, iFly will be a competition. And boy, wouldn't that be something if Izzy keeps training. That's why she's make, being, uh, becoming an entrepreneur. The money that she makes, she is funding her own time in these tunnels. I have not put one penny towards her training in this tunnel. And uh, as far as I know, my my ex-spouse hasn't really put much money into it either. She has agreed to buy her a flight suit. If I would agree to buy this helmet, which is a lot more than this, the flight suit, but uh, we've gone back and forth about the helmet because it's very expensive. And it only comes from one place in, in Australia. Unfortunately, they don't, there's only one place. That means there's no competition, and they can put the price at whatever they want for these helmets. And they are cool helmets. I mean, they are meant to be for, you know, jumping out of a real plane. You know, they get fancier and fancier on up, you know, from the one that she wants, which is kind of like a basic model, you know, to use inside these iFly tunnels. But if you're going to jump out of a plane, now they have some really fancy ones. And uh, it just goes up from there. And I think that's what it's leading to. I think eventually she does want to do this outside from a real airplane. And I'm going to be right there with her. I'm just not going to jump out of the plane with her. <laughs> I have a policy about jumping out of perfectly good planes. But she is an adventurer. She has an adventurous heart. The spirit is there. And I... I I tell her I'm going to back you up and support you as much as I can. We have argued a lot about the helmet. Lots of tears. <laughs> but dad, being the dad that I am, I want to see her happy. And I want to see her doing things that she enjoys. And if she does sincerely want to be a pilot, then so be it. If she wants to go to a university that has a good aviation school, so be it. And uh, we have talked at length. I have made phone calls to my alma mater, which is Louisiana Tech. They have an excellent aviation school, and uh, I think it would be a good fit—a good fit for her once she graduates from high school, which is not for another three and a half years. But she has plenty of time to prepare and think about it and take the testings. She's visited the Air Force Academy when we went to Colorado this summer and she saw what life is like is could be like there of course you have to get accepted your grades have to be excellent 
Uh, you have to interview. And of course, to, to even get considered, you have to have a certain score on your ACT, a 28, I think, being the top percentage of your class. I forget what percentage. But yeah, you got to be sharp to get into the Air Force Academy. And then, yes, if you do get in, you have to go through basic training. That part doesn't appeal to her. I said, you look, <laughs> even if you dropped out of the Air Force Academy, I would still be proud of you. And at least you would know how to make your bed. <laughs> That's the joke. At least you would learn how to make your bed. <laughs> but think about it. If she did go there, paid her to be trained as a pilot, served her country for whatever, five, six years, I don't know what the commitment is, but then you are free to do as you wish. You, you can have an honorable discharge from the Air Force and go on into private practice to be a, a, a pilot on your own, be an instructor, or as she wishes to be a commercial pilot for one of the major airlines, you know, flying around the United States or the world. And I think the world is her oyster if she chooses to go this route. And if she doesn't, it doesn't matter what she chooses to decide, you know, to be what, what kind of you know, professional she wants to be, whatever field she wants to go into, me, her father, is going to be right there. And uh, we're up against the break. It's right at 5.30 this morning on November 7th. This, you know, here is the news is for Wednesday, so this is going out tomorrow, November the 8th. And uh, we'll be back to talk about other things other than I fly in Sun City. Sun City. There's something going on this weekend. I can't wait to talk about it because it is huge. We'll be back right after these words. We're back, folks. This weekend, yes, it's huge. It is Veterans Day weekend, and I am not a veteran. My father is a veteran of two years in the Army. My brother, one of my three brothers, 
is a veteran of the Navy. Four, four to five years he was in the Navy. Down in Florida, Pensacola, yeah, he was in Chicago. My father was in the Army in the 1950s. Fort Hood, Fort Polk in Louisiana, both of which have been renamed by our liberal government. We won't talk about what the names are, but most conservative, passionate patriots of this country are not happy about the renaming of our military institutions. Fort Bragg, for one. And Fort Hood is just a travesty. I, I don't mind the name Cavazos. That's fine. But it's always going to be Fort Hood to me. He was also stationed outside of Fort Worth, but I don't know the name of that facility. But he was in Louisiana at Fort Polk, and that's where he met my mother. They had a blind date uh, down at LSU in Baton Rouge. And, you know, next year, I'm, I'm working on the family calendar, and next year they'll be celebrating their 67th anniversary. So, yeah, their, their, their blind date was back in, I think, in 55 or 56 in Baton Rouge, and Dad was in a fraternity, and... Uh, in those days, you could go to a university and say, "I'm," you know, knock on the door of your frat house, you know, of the the frat that you're in. He was in school at Washington U in St. Louis, and also Quincy College. But his, I think, his fraternity was Omega uh, Sigma Chi, something like I don't know. But he just went there and knocked on the door and said, "I'm one of your brothers from up north. Can you have a space for me to sleep on the floor? It was, you know, just a cot. Doesn't matter." And they said, yeah, and just come on in. You're part of the fraternity. We're all brothers. And uh, do you need a date? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, that'd be good. Set me up with a date. So he had a blind date at you know a football game or something in, in Baton Rouge at LSU. And turns out his blind date was my mom. <laughs> and that's how they met. Blind date, and you know the rest is history. Romantic history lasting more than 66 years now. You know They were engaged. I, it was like Christmas time. Uh, it must have been 1956. And they were married in August 24th of 1957, right in my hometown of Natchitoches, Louisiana, where I do want to buy my childhood home, of course. I've expressed that interest to my cousins that live there. One of these days, that house is going to be mine. Anyway, what's going on this weekend? Veterans Day weekend. A concert is being held, <clears throat> there goes my voice, a concert is being held and hosted by Joe Walsh of the Eagles. And this concert is going to be at an outdoor amphitheater in an area called Chula Vista. And Chula Vista is part of San Diego, California. And the slate of bands at this concert called Vets Aid is uh, an impressive one. You know, it's like a mini concert series you know there's probably about five or six acts that are going to be there one being the war on drugs which is a band that uh, plays music that i've used and this is the ceo talking keith arby's i've used the the war on drugs song of ocean of darkness to uh, in introduce uh, the sequels to 2095 uh, back in february uh, music that i've used in tiktok videos uh, from this particular song, I think I made two videos, you know, introducing the titles of these three three novels. 
you know, Ready Rocket 6, The Chronicles of Sephira, and Time Tracker. Excuse me, that's a burp. And when I introduced those three novels, you know, the, the titles and then that they were actually released in February, the, the two videos that I used was the Ocean of Darkness music from The War on Drugs. So I will get to see this band perform that song and many others live at Chula Vista Amphitheater in San Diego this Sunday night. I am getting pumped about this concert. You know, War on Drugs, an all-female twin, uh, like a trio called Luscious. I do not know what they sing, but I'm going to find out. Uh, Joe Walsh himself will take the stage. He had a very successful solo career, you know, in and around the Eagles. I believe Stephen Stills will be a guest. Dude's still playing music, you know, from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I think uh, the Crosby part of Crosby, Stills, and Nash uh, did pass away this year or last year. But Stephen Stills will do a few songs for us. Joe Walsh will do a few songs. And I'm missing one other act. I don't know who it is. I think there's five. But the headliner, folks, is the reason... We are all packing up from 2095 and heading to San Diego on Saturday. No one knows about this. If they listen to Here is the News, then they're going to know. Yep. We're heading out to San Diego on Saturday. We actually get the day off on Friday. You know, that's uh, the, the observed holiday for Veterans Day. Uh, my company does not take the day off, but the federal side does, so... When you're on the corporate side, you still have to work. So I'm having to take the day off to participate in a golf tournament sponsored by Izzy's High School. And I don't normally do this because they're very expensive green fees to play in these scrambles. But I'm looking forward to it. And the only part that I'm not looking forward to on Friday is the bad weather that's coming this way. It's supposed to be cold and rainy in the 50s. Lots of wind straight out of the north. And there's a good chance that my gut instincts tells me that this scramble is going to be rescheduled. As the weather is going to be very tough on Friday, and they're going to have to make that call on Thursday. And Thursday it's supposed to be raining, and actually I'm supposed to be the sub, like a substitute coach at the golf practice at this particular high school. We won't name it because we need to protect some privacy around here. But yeah, the, I'd volunteer to be the coach at uh, practice on Thursday, and it looks like Thursday's going to be rainy and cold and miserable too. So we may miss, you'll have a canceled golf practice and may have a canceled golf scramble with, you know, dozens and dozens of players that played the entry fee, paid the entry fee. We'll see. You know, I'll be there, but I'm not looking, looking forward to playing in such bad weather. But Saturday? Boarding a jet, going out to San Diego, probably go to Mass Saturday evening, somewhere in San Diego. And uh, Sunday, I do hope to bring my clubs with me and play some golf at Chula Vista Golf Course. And the weather is supposed to be perfect in San Diego. Lots of sun, 70 degrees, lows in the upper 50s. So I have to bring, you know, a light jacket or sweatshirt for the golf and uh, probably some pants for the concert, which starts at five o'clock on Sunday. So I'll get my golfing done in the morning, maybe do a little sightseeing and 
get something good to eat before the concert because it's going to last probably from 5 until, who knows, 10, 11, 12, I have no idea. But the reason I'm going is my favorite band, you guessed it, the inspiration for 2095 itself, the Electric Light Orchestra is doing a one-night-only, one-show-per-year event. You know, this is their only live appearance in 2023. And it's here in the United States in San Diego at Vets Aid. You know, this past summer, Mr. Jeff Lynn was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. We've talked about it on this show. And uh, what a rare group of people that he joins. You know, ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra, you know, got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at least 10 at least 10 years ago. I don't remember the year that they were inducted. But that's a, an honor in itself. But to be part of the Songwriters Hall of Fame, that is a short list of names, folks. And Jeff Lynn was inducted this past summer, and the person that introduced him at the, uh, the, the award ceremony in New York City was, there goes my computer, was Joe Walsh himself. And I think they got on stage and played a rendition of Mr. Blue Sky, which you know he's going to play at the concert Sunday night. So I don't think Mr. Lynn has done a concert since 2017 when he did his now famous Wembley or Bust tour. And you can watch Wembley or Bust uh, on DVD. You know, it's probably on a streaming service somewhere if you pay to see it. And... Uh, <clears throat> the concert that he did at Wembley Stadium was was groundbreaking and just perfectly done. I mean, that's the type of entertainer, entertainer Mr. Lynn is, is he's a perfectionist and he loves to play his music even though most of them are over 50 years old. I don't know how old he is. <laughs> I don't know how old he is. And you can look it up on Google or Wikipedia, but he's well into his 70s, still wearing those sunglasses, still got that same hair. <laughs> and uh, his voice, you know, has aged, but is still very melodic. And I am so looking forward to hearing him play live and seeing him on stage with his band. It's possible that the keyboardist Richard Tandy will be there. I do not know. Uh, he may have passed on, but I, I can't keep up with all the members. There were several members, uh, even the violinist, I don't think is around anymore. But Mr. Lynn is. He is the brains, the composer of the music, the writer of the lyrics. He is a musical genius. And I am so looking forward to hearing him play Don't Bring Me Down. And if he plays anything from Time, <laughs> my favorite album, of course, from 1981 that inspired the novel 2095, an entire series that's going to be 10 novels long. It's four right now. And I did sell many copies of that at Sun City. I am going to see Mr. Lynn and the Electric Light Orchestra live in concert at Chula Vista at the Vets Aid concert. How much time do we have? Yeah, I'm having to take Monday off because i got to fly back. <laughs> it's, the sh it's the slowest time of year, folks. It doesn't matter. It's, we're getting into the holidays. It's open enrollment, and my company is highly invested in op open enrollment because 
that's what we have is call centers. People calling in about what their benefits are and how they can change them. And that's exactly what my company does. You know, I work behind the scenes in the cloud. You always work in the clouds. Even if I'm in 2095, I'm up in the clouds. But this time of year, I am grateful for, not just because it's near Thanksgiving. I am very grateful that work has slowed down a bit. So we're taking some time as the year winds down and makes our way into 2024, which is going to be a hectic one with the election year. But more important, for you sci-fi fans out there, the most important thing next year is the fourth installation, installment of Back to the Future. I've been talking about it. When I make public appearances, when people start talking to me about science fiction, and I even got more people excited about it over the weekend that didn't even know that Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd and Company, Steven Spielberg has directed it, Back to the Future 4, coming out next summer in 2024. That is the highlight of 2024, folks. Not the election, not the trials and tribulations of Donald J. Trump who is still on trial at this very moment. We're not going to get into politics, but they're only feeling his candidacy. And I believe, in my heart of hearts, his ultimate re-election as the next president. And that will be historical on just monumental heights. He could even be running the country from a jail cell. <laughs> but every time they bring up a charge against him, every time they take a mugshot of the guy, he just becomes more and more popular, not even a cult figure. He is becoming the quintessential leader of the Republican Party, and the Democrat Party is crumbling around its knees to the ground because of all the things that they have muddled up in the last three years. Let's face it. The things going on in Ukraine, and I have met people from that country and talked to them personally about what's going on, the things going on in Israel, the debacle in Afghanistan, the list goes on and on of the things that were messed up, mucked up by our current administration that may or may not be there illegally. And I have no proof of anything, but he may or may not have been elected square, fair and square. 2020 was a big mystery, <laughs> to say the least. And we're just going to leave it at that. But 2024 is the future. And we need to look towards the future, not the past. And be peaceful about it. We do not want any violence next year in our upcoming election. The months that lead up to it. There goes the computer. We have one minute left. We don't want violence. We do not call for it on this show. Nor on Bexer in the morning. We want next year's election to be peaceful, the primaries to be peaceful. If there are protests, we want them to be peaceful. They have the right to protest, but violence is not part of our DNA. It should be a peaceful year. The trials and accusations and charges need to be situated. They need to be solved because... Mr. Trump is going to be the candidate on the Republican side. The media has tried to keep him out of this election, but they have failed. 
his trials, the charges are not settled yet, but they need to be because he is going to be the nominee and there is nothing they can do to stop it. It does not matter if Joe Biden decides to run or stay home. Donald J. Trump will be the opponent. And the media, the left side of the aisle, they need to just make peace with it. Donald J. Trump is going to be in their television sets, in their living rooms. Once again, if it's a nightmare for them, so be it. What do you think the last three years have been for the Americans that didn't like what happened in 2020? It's been a nightmare for them. So that's it. We're not going to talk any more about politics. Donald J. Trump will be the nominee. He'll go through the motions. He'll get the votes. It will be official by the time primary season is over. When they go to the Republican convention, he will be the nominee. And who knows will be his running mate. Definitely not Mike Pence. But if it's a rematch with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, then so be it. Let's do it without violence. Let's do it the American way and elect someone without fraud. That's it. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the weekend. I'll give you an update on how it goes in Chula Vista. I'm looking forward to seeing Mr. Lynn. It would be totally awesome if I got to meet him and take a picture. <laughs> that probably won't happen, but I will get to see him play live my favorite music that I've been listening to since 1977. The very moment that I heard Don't Bring Me Down was the moment that I'm going, whoever this is, I like it. <laughs> and it just went from there. Four novels later, 40 years later, and the 2095 series is just going to continue with part five next year, a second trilogy and then a third trilogy until we get to episode 10, which it will then be wrapped up. I'm looking forward to that as an author, and I hope the fans out there that have been reading 2095 are looking forward to it also. Because here we go, folks. Let's get to it. It's Tuesday. Here is the news wrapping up, signing off. For Jet Bexer, I am author Keith R. Reese. And for Pollux, keep reaching for the stars and uh, keep, your, keep your head down on that backswing. Good day, folks.
Here is the News is brought to you by our friends at Spotify. Hosted and produced by Keith R. Reese for Here is the News podcasting. With a music selection entitled Here is the News, written and composed by Jeff Lynn. Version provided by Music Score, courtesy and performed and arranged by Welsh artist Karen Mansfield. Thank you for listening.